Many are getting rich. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer. In this end time, through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is a senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Can you take your seats and you are welcome to Love Sunday. Hallelujah. Tell somebody you are welcome to Love Sunday. Now look at the person deeply in the eyes. Uh, if you want, you can even add some romantic looks and ask the person how deep is your love. Oh no, the person didn't hear you. Stop fanning yourself and look at the person and say, Hey, how deep is your love? Now answer the person. Oh yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. I remember many years ago, there was a certain uh, cool you song and he used to sing it, play it, how deep is your love? And then there'll be some very powerful dancing and then uh, people have been talking about love. Love is one of the subjects, whether uh, in church or outside church, in the, in the church or in the world. People love to talk about that, that word. In fact, uh, almost literally, the month of February has been uh, uh, called a month of love. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. But for if you are a Christian, every day is a day of love for you. So every day is a day of love for me. Hallelujah. So it is not just about the month of February, but then uh, it also gives us an opportunity to talk about the subject. In fact, when you read the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, the verse number 8, the Bible tells us that there are three things that remain. There are three things that abide, faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. And the Bible says that the greatest of this is love. The greatest of this is love. Hallelujah. So something that is so powerful that the Bible is saying that it is even greater than hope, it is greater than faith, that it is important that we understand this matter. In fact, the Bible tells us that, uh, that we should keep everything in the bond of love. In other words, everything about Christianity, all that we believe, all that we have accepted, all that we are professing, the Bible is saying that it is not complete or tied together properly, except it is tied in love. Except it is tied in love. So, talking about love is very, very important. Another very important reason why our love is such a major theme in the Bible is because the Bible says that for God is what? Love. God is love. So, when you know about love and you are walking in love, you are walking in God. You are walking in God. So it is important that we understand and appreciate the subject and the context of love. But today we want to talk uh, about love in marriage. Amen and amen. We want to talk about the operation or the context of love in marriage. In fact, the reason why most people marry is because they, uh, they say that they love each other. Praise God forevermore. Uh, a, a young lady will be there and she thinks she's doing her day. Eh? And then a young man will come. Maybe the young man has been a friend. They have been flowing together. Sometimes they've been fooling together, playing together. And there's been nothing that uh, has uh, introduced any kind of idea in the person's mind. And then all of a sudden, a young man will come and tell you that, I, I want to tell you something. I love you. I love you. From the day that he comes and makes that statement, it's as though all of a sudden the relationship has changed. And instead of her even wondering whether she loves him as well, he said, are you sure? <laughs> amen and amen. As though your love must be dependent on his love. Glory to Jesus Christ. So many people enter into relationships and they begin to date just because of that statement, I love you. 
and uh, even the full appreciation and understanding of that word, I think has been one is one of the most vilified terms, one of the most vilified words. We have used it a lot, but we have not understand understood it very well. Glory to Jesus Christ. So uh, it is important that we understand what the Bible says about this subject which is able to lead people into marriage. Amen and amen. Today, for the brevity of time, I will not be able to make a full discourse on the subject of love and the subject of marriage. So I have chosen to focus uh, strongly on the area of marriage this morning. I don't think I've preached on marriage in church before. <laughs> Since the church started, I've, I've, I've touched on it in various sermons, but I think on Sunday morning I've not preached or spoken about marriage before. So today uh, is the beginning of new things in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I want to share with you on the power and the purpose of marriage. Mm. The power and the purpose of marriage. Open with me to the book of Hebrews chapter number uh, 13. Chapter number 13. I want to read from the verse number 1. The Bible says, I'm reading from the New uh, King James Version of the Holy Bible, that let brotherly love continue, and it says that do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. The Bible says that remember the prisoners as if you are chained with them. That is those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. You know, the Bible has a lot of good advice on how we can live our lives uh, to, to live in a loving manner. In fact, if you want to fully understand the subject of love, love is beyond the feeling. Love is in actions. And when you look at what the Bible tells us and how the Bible tells us to act towards one another, that is when you find the true definition of love. Now, somebody telling you, do I love telling you that I love you doesn't mean that the person loves you. Are we together? Love is a word that people can throw around and whatever it means, it's up to them. For instance, if a young man wants to, who, a lustful young man wants to enter into the trousers or into the skirts of a lady, one of the first things he may use to deceive her is, I love you. And that is why I want every lady to be very, very vigilant. It's not every I love you that actually means uh, I love you. Amen and amen. It is not every of you, I love you, which is real. You need to actually look for the actions. You need to look for the things that are actually um, uh, descriptive about true love. Praise God forevermore. So, the Bible tells us uh, what we are supposed to do, how we are supposed to act towards each other. And when you read from the verse number 1 to the verse number 3 of uh, the book of Hebrews, all of them are about love. Let brotherly love continue. Let us minister to strangers. Let us be a blessing one to another. He says that those who are even in prison, those who have been arrested, let us reach out to them. Uh, and the context of it is that uh, around that time, the church was going through persecution. And so some of the brothers, were, or the, uh, some of those who were in the church, had been arrested and thrown into prison. So sometimes you may think that because nothing bad is happening in your life, you are better than somebody else. And he's telling us that, no, let us treat them well. Let us not mistreat them. Let us show them love because we are all one body in Christ. Verse number four. It tells us something to after introducing how we are supposed to behave to one another, he, towards one another. He now goes to accept this subject of marriage. And he said that marriage is honorable amongst all. And the bed undefiled by fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. He said that marriage is what? Honorable. Tell somebody the marriage is honorable. No, the person didn't hear you. Tell the person marriage is honorable. So from this we realize that marriage is a good thing. Marriage is a good thing. Marriage can cause a lot of benefits. Marriage can cause you to increase in the fruits of your, your life or in the, it can lead to exponential growth in certain things in your life. In fact, that is how it is supposed to be. The Bible says that one shall chase a thousand and two shall put ten thousand to flight, right? That means that uh, additively, if one shall chase a thousand, when two people are to come together, how many should they chase? Two thousand. 2,000. So when the 2,000, they chase 2,000, when they share, it will be 1,000, 1,000. But there's a strange mathematics that takes place when two come together. 
And the Bible says that rather than 2,000, the two are able to supernaturally chase 10,000. Now, when you divide 10,000 among the two, how, many, how much do you get? 2,000, 2,000, uh, sorry, 5,000, 5,000. Meaning, unusually, there's been a change. Why? When two came together. When two came together. So, God knows that there is increase, there's multiplication, and there's growth whenever two come together. In the Bible, in the book of Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26, God says that let us create man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the surface of the earth and over all the work of our hands. The Bible tells us in the verse 27 that God went ahead and he created man. He said male and female created he them. He created man in his image and after his likeness. And the Bible tells us in the verse number 28 that God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the face of the earth. So here you realize that there is a certain uh, mix up in a certain sense that God says that he created man and then after that he says male and female and then Bible says he blessed them. But you jump to the ver- uh, chapter number 2, uh, you read from the verse number 4 downwards, where you see the creation story being told again. And the Bible says, uh, uh, Genesis chapter number 2, let's go to chapter number 2. Let's read from the verse number, uh, that touched the heavens and the earth, and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day God entered his work, let's go to verse number 3, verse number 3. Mm-hmm. And God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, and said, He rested. Verse number four. Now, these are the generations, the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord made the heavens and the earth. Now, jump to the verse number seven. So, you see, there's uh, another story. I- I'll explain that another day. Because the chapter number one talks about the creation story. But chapter two, verse. Uh, 4 to verse number 6 also speaks about the creation story but in a, a certain context. Glory to Jesus. And so the creation of man is, is uh, appears again. And the Bible says, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and he breathed into the nostrils of the man the breath of life and the man became a living soul or he became a living being. So over here you see that it is one individual that was created from the very beginning. So, when God said that be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, he was talking about what? One person. He was talking about the man Adam that God created. That means that in the man Adam, God had placed an ability for him to multiply. I don't know how it was going to be. Maybe you take a finger and you plant it and the next morning you see another human being. Or you do mitosis. You see the body breaking into two and then you see another human being. Or meiosis. If you went to a good school, you understand the words that I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying. Mitosis, meiosis, mitotic breakdown of cell structures. Do you understand me? Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Praise God. But then whatever the case may be, whether that man was going to be planted or whatever, it meant that man was supposed to be able to multiply, right? And be fruitful. Because remember the blessing came in chapter 1. So, we know that. But by the time we get to verse number 18 of uh, Genesis chapter 2, God comes and says, let us create another man to join that other man and to fulfill the work that I have given him. What was the work? Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and to subdue it and to take care of all that I have created. So, at the end of the day, what God, the idea God is giving us is that even for the work of multiplication and for increase, Two are better than one. Are, are we together? Two are better than one. That's what the book of Ecclesiastes talks about. I think chapter number eight said two are better than one because they get more reward from their labor. Two are better. Can you find that scripture for me? Two are better than one because they get more reward from their labor. So in all these contexts, you realize that marriage is a good thing. Marriage can bring profitability. Marriage can bring increase. In fact, the Bible says that when two lie together, how can they keep warm? Uh, when one person lies together, how can the person keep warm? Except the two lie together. So one of the reasons for marriage is for warmth and for heat. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus.
Jesus Christ. Let me move on quickly before some people start sinking into some albatross. The Bible says that uh, a cord of three is not easily broken. The two are better than one because they have good uh, reward for their labor. Let's see the next verse. Uh, the next verse. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Verse 11. Verse number 11. Again, if two lie together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? This is a mystery. But if we, now we know how he can be, get a duvet or a bed sheet uh, or a blanket. Amen. Please, let's continue. What do you mean? Yes. Before somebody says that the weather is changing. Hey, are you keeping long with that verse? Brother, are you trying to tell us? <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a cord of threefold is not quickly broken. So, again, we see a certain concept that uh, uh, there is one, the two are better than one. Amen and amen. Two are better than one. And a cord of three is not quickly broken. And that will help us to understand the concept of marriage. So what at all is marriage? What at all is marriage? Marriage is a union. First of all, marriage is a union. The Bible tells us that man should not be alone. So what does he do? He creates a man. He creates another human being out of the rib of the man. The Bible says he put the man to sleep and he opened up the flesh and he took out of the rib, out of the side of the man, and he formed a woman. And out of, uh, out of the, the woman that he had formed, the Bible says when the man woke up, he brought the woman to him. And the man was able to supernaturally recognize that this woman is not like me. He said that this woman has certain, it's like me in a certain sense, but has certain characteristics. And so I can live with her in a different manner as living with another man. So the bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. She shall become woman. Why? Because she came out of a man. And about that, because of this, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his, uh, his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The two shall become one flesh. So the concept of union is created over there. In the book of Genesis chapter number 2, you read from the verse number 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined, so it's a union, uh, to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So marriage is a union, and it's a union between a man and a woman. And every now and then I emphasize that it is not between a man and a, a man, neither is it between a woman and a woman, neither is it between, between a woman and a dog, or a woman and a cow, or a woman and a snake. Nowadays the world is going crazy. I read some time ago about how a woman had married her dog and the court granted in some countries, don't, don't try it in Ghana here, amen and amen, in some countries, and the marriage was granted. You are married to your dog. But you see, the Bible says when Adam, God brought all those animals to Adam to see whether he can pick them for a wife. The Bible said that all those creatures were not found to be suitable marriage material. So if you see human beings marrying animals and marrying things that are not other human beings or are not the opposite sex as, uh, as they are, then you should know that it is Satan who is trying to corrupt what God has created. Satan is trying to corrupt what God has created. And so he's bringing other ideas and other concepts and understanding on how what marriage is supposed to be. So even you look at, uh, even in the context of sex, in fact, when you begin to study the Bible, you realize that um, even though marriage is a union legally and technically and uh, according to the inspired will of God, when two people have sex, there's a, co a kind of connection which brings them into a, a, a union of a sort. The Bible tells us that when uh, Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well, and he asked her, that woman, where is your husband? She said that, ah, I do not have husband, a husband. And Jesus said, you have had five husbands already. And the one that you are with, is, uh, 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 the one you are with now, is not even your husband. But then Jesus, the, the Bible tells us that that woman was a prostitute. And that woman had been with several men, probably an escort. So what Jesus was saying was that because of her relationship with them, whether she has entered into a bond of marriage in terms of legalistically or not, there was a connection which spiritually can be uh, identified as a union. Amen and amen. 
which can be identified as a union. Are we together? So you realize that now the devil begins to introduce new concepts in, uh, in the sexual relations. And so now they have somebody called threesome. Foursome. Today I'm coming to you. Amen and amen. Fivesome. Before you realize you have hundredsome. And you see people, and it's amazing. Sometimes even people are real Christians, and you see the entertainment of those ideologies. Oh, as it will help, it will spice up our marital life. It will do this, it will do that. And we see them on TV, we see it being promulgated. It is all part of what the corruption, are we together, of what God has prepared as the marriage covenant, which is between two people, a husband and a wife. Glory to Jesus Christ. So all of those things are attacks. So a marriage between the same sex, man and man, woman and woman, man and uh, animal, they are all corruptions of what God has purpose. Having sexual relations and uh, in, in multiple forms, uh, uh, lesbianism, homosexuality, all of those things are corruptions of what the Bible has prepared and ordained for humanity. Now, I'm not saying by this that we should hate on lesbians and we should hate on homosexuals. No. A thousand times, no. in fact, that is even unchristian. To see uh, somebody who is a homosexual and he said that because the person is a homosexual or does not align to the, the biblical sexual orientation, we should hate that person. No, but rather we should feel sorry for them because the devil has bound them in a certain hold and they need God's intervention to be delivered from it. Are we together? You know, because whenever we start talking about the truth of the scriptures, people begin to say that we are promoting hate culture. It is wrong. In fact, if you not listen very carefully, some of the people who even spread a lot of uh, hateful comments are people who uh, function in a certain minority group. Do you understand me? And they can be very, very hateful. Very, very hateful. Even when you are having a civil discussion, it can turn very bad. Praise God forevermore. But here I'm teaching you the Bible to, for you to understand what God has said concerning the concept of marriage. Glory to Jesus Christ. Now let me move on quickly in, in, in this discussion. So it is a union between two people. Okay, the coming together of two people according to the divine will of God. And in, the two people must be a man and a woman with a view of building a God-centered home. Okay, one man, one woman, and it involves uh, a higher relationship with each, with each other, uh, other than any relationship any man has with another human being on earth. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24, that is where you find all that concept, all that understanding. Leave and cleave, leave and cleave, leave and cleave. If it says this for 9 to 12, you have just read, tells us how important it is that when two come together, there are certain benefits. Now, somebody may ask, is everybody supposed to get married? Is marriage for everybody? Because I've seen and I've had certain sisters and certain brothers who have said that I will not get married. In fact, I know one man of God, he said, ask for him, he will never marry, he will never marry, he will never marry. Uh, he, I said, you are going to be a pope. He said, he wants to serve God. After some years, all of a sudden, a young man said, Papa, I don't know, there's this young guy say, hey, what are you talking about? I have I have written your name in the books of the purposes, <laughs> the paper powers, and you are coming to tell me about. Hey, after that didn't work, and a few months later he came. Papa, I'm thinking about this or that. I said, Hey, the Pope don't fall. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. And he's believing and working towards marriage. And I know God will give him a very powerful woman of God very soon in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. But so is marriage for everybody. Oh, I know a certain young lady asked today. She said, ask for me, I'm not interested in marriage. I'm not interested in marriage. Hey, me, the way I want to make money. The way I want to make money. There's nobody should come and worry me with marriage. Oh. Amen and amen. Why, why are they? Why are they? Oh, I said, why are they? Oh, yes, as you are waving in the house of God, uh, the angels are seeing you. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, is marriage for everybody? Can I ask a question? Is marriage for everybody? Uh, what do you think? Uh, I can see some. Are you whispering the no? You are breathing the no? You are blowing the no? Uh, what, what? It's not for everybody. Are you sure? Okay. Why yes? Why do you get yes? 
it's for everybody, but it's not meant for, hey, I, I think I like that. Which school did you go to? <laughs> amen and amen. Uh, uh, it's for everybody, but it's not meant for everybody to get married. That's a, a nice, can, can you explain it further? You have to be still. I people don't know. Hey. People don't know that one as well. Master, mm. how can you contradict the man of God? <laughs> I'm making an honorary KNUSC graduate. Just like Peter did. Yeah, Peter. Is it Peter? One of the apostles. Paul. Paul. Sorry. Yeah, because Peter yes. did yeah. the mother-in-law. <laughs> and just like you said, some women might decide not to get married because of, you know, some traumas they went through. Hallelujah. Yeah, Let's okay. appreciate him. Yeah, so it, it is an opportunity that God has given to everybody. Matthew chapter 19, the verse number 12. For the sake of time, uh, let, let's, let's go into the scriptures. It said that for Jesus was saying, He said, For some are eunuchs, and eunuch is somebody who is who is avowed not to get married. He has vowed, and it is part of his life's goals and purposes. Marriage is a no go zone for him. So the Bible says, for some are in, for there are some Enochs who were born from their mother's womb as Enochs. And, so, and there are some who are Enochs made by men. And there are some who are Enochs which have made themselves Enochs for the kingdom of God's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Now, the matter is very serious. So Jesus is telling you that it's not for everybody. To be alone is not for everybody. It is not it is not for everybody. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. He said, he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. So there is an opportunity given to everybody, but then for one or two reasons, either by reason of circumstantial uh, uh, circumstances like Brother uh, uh, Samuel is just telling us, for one reason or the other, you may decide that, oh, I am not going to get married. Like Paul. Paul said that for the sake of the kingdom of God. In fact, he wrote in his letters and said, I wish you were as I were. But he said that I, he, the reason it's a wish is because it's not every wish, if wishes were horses. <laughs> not everybody can survive because there are certain things that bend in our flesh and in our system. We demand the presence and introduction of another human counterpart into our lives. And it is so strong that even Jesus said that if it is not everybody who can receive it, he that is able to accept it, let him accept it. Not meaning not everybody can accept that matter. Not everybody can accept that matter. In fact, when you study the uh, the Old Testament, or you study even uh, the, the, the the disciples of Jesus Christ, you realize that in fact, in the early among the Jews, they were married very early. They married very early. They married very early. Look at the disciples of Jesus. It looked from the writings that Peter was even among was probably the oldest among them, and yet he was married. Yet he was married. Glory to Jesus. Jesus said that those who have left uh, even wives uh, and for, for my sake, they shall receive. So it, it meant that those who were following Jesus, even those most, a lot of them were young, they were married. So marriage is available for everybody. Are we together? But then for one reason or the other, Jesus said that for the sake of men, because of circumstances, men can decide not to get married. Others are are both eunuchs. It is because of divine order. Okay, so for such people, there's special grace that is given to them. And so, while men or other men may be able to stand the fires, uh, they uh, may not be able to stand the fires. They have some strange capacity and some strange ability to be able to overcome. So, you realize that there are three dimensions of singleness. Uh, number one, divinely ordained by God that you should be single. That one comes with a special grace. Number two, circumstantial. Because of something that may have happened in life, whether it is through an emotional trauma or because of maybe uh, uh, probably circumstances. Maybe you have, you have had to travel to a place where you cannot marry, a job has taken you somewhere, an accident has affected you so that uh, the, 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 the disability could be so serious that marrying is a problem. Are you understanding me? Are, are you getting me? There are some disabilities that can make it very difficult for you to marry. Oh, frankly speaking. 
You, you are in a, involved with an accident and you are paralyzed from wisdom. Amen and amen. But wisdom is where a lot of the action takes place anyway. Glory to Jesus. And so, what is the use of getting married over here? Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? Yes. There are some who can do it, but in fact, in most cases, it doesn't happen. And then some because of the kingdom, for the ministry, for the assignment that God has given them, as a matter of choice. As a matter of choice. So you find these three, uh, three, three points under why marriage may not be for everybody. But I can tell you of a, of, for a fact that marriage is for most people. Marriage is for most people. Jesus, uh, God himself said it is not good for a man to be alone. Hallelujah. It is not good for a man to be alone. Praise God forevermore. Now, the marriage between Adam and Eve, did you realize that it was God that brought the woman to him? Are you getting me? So it means that for any marriage to thrive and to do well, God must be involved. It is not just a matter of you choosing that, oh, I, I think I like fair ladies. And so when you see a fair lady, you are like, okay, this she's my taste. Can we do something about it? That is why there's nothing wrong with that. But then you must bring God into the picture. That is why in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, the verse number 12, he said that a cord of three is not easily broken. A cord of three is not easily broken. So the man, the woman, and God. The man and the woman and God. So in the institution of marriage, if it is going to work very well, God must be involved. Tell somebody God must be involved. I tell, tell somebody God must be involved. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, why did God ordain marriage? What are some of the biblical reasons for marriage? Biblical reasons for marriage. In fact, before I, I go into biblical reasons for marriage, let me just uh, highlight 10 unhealthy reasons for people to get married. Because if you look into society now, many people are marrying for many frivolous reasons, which are not good reasons. And that is why our marriages are having challenges. Marriages are not producing the results that they are supposed to produce. So even if they don't end in divorce or separation, you realize that they end in sadness, they end in bitterness, they end in fight, they end in financial constraints, they end with infidelity. In fact, truth be told, if you follow the biblical uh, theme of marriage, infidelity will, be, will not be a problem. Infidelity will be on the minimum, will be on the minimum. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, why is it that some marriages are landing people in psychiatric hospitals? Is that how God ordained for it to be? It is mostly because the reasons and the foundations are wrong. Okay, so let me just mention quickly some 10 reasons. I think they are unhealthy reasons we can drive people to marry. Number one, to spite parents and others. Oh, my mother said that as for me, I cannot marry, so I want to show her that me too I can marry. And so because of that, you go and to prove your point, you go and take somebody's child and you marry the person knowing that it is not something that is, you are, you are, you are really in there for the long haul. You just want to prove a point. You just want to prove a point. There was a certain lady, uh, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> maybe I'll get to that as we go on. Praise God forevermore. Yeah, so, uh, so despite others. Number two, to escape an unhappy home. So maybe you are in a house and you think that your parents are not treating you well. You are a young lady and all the time your mother is, uh, saying, is, is, is fighting you or insulting you or your father is abusing you or saying certain things about you that you are not happy with. So all, of, all you are looking for is actually, let me just marry quickly and leave this house. Let me marry quickly and leave this out. So the motive of the marriage is not really about the partner that you are getting involved in, but because you want to escape from that house. It is not a good enough reason. Are we together? It is not a good enough reason. Or maybe finances are not going well. So there is not enough food in the kitchen. So you want to move out quickly and get more food. It is not a good enough reason. Uh, that is uh, a circumstantial marriage. It is not, it, it, it's not a good enough reason. It is opportunistic marriage. Praise God forevermore. Number three, because of a negative self-image. A negative self-image. Maybe you are looking down upon yourself. And so the first, uh, the first uh, proposal that comes, 
you don't even invest the proposal, you don't find out whether this marriage is ordained of God, or this marriage will last, or why am I supposed to get into this marriage? But because you look down on yourself, immediately you accept that, oh, let me get married to this person, because at least I'm not good enough. And so if somebody is doing me a favor of marrying me, so you just enter into that marriage. Or maybe you are looking at yourself and you are thinking that, ah, my, my days are numbered. I am growing. Not, and I'm, I'm growing. And uh, if I'm not careful, I'm going to turn to an old lady, an old man. And nobody will want to marry me. A poor impression of yourself. Glory to Jesus Christ. And then marrying on rebound. Marrying on rebound, especially due to heads. One of the things that you need to investigate when somebody wants to go out with you is to find out when was the last time you were involved in a relationship. Because sometimes when somebody has come out of a relationship, because of the gap that has been created, the person wants another person to fill that gap. I know of a relationship like that, the gentleman even went to the extent of going to the family sent uh, drinks to go and do the knocking and they have started counseling. All of a sudden, this gentleman approaches the church and says that, no, I don't think I can move forward with this lady. The pastors fought the gentleman. Uh, everybody was fighting the gentleman. In fact, me crying fought him because the lady was a very hard-working girl in the church. And you see, that is why we have to be careful. We don't go around just uh, proposing to people and playing with the hearts of people just like that. Why? Because sometimes when a heart is broken, it is not easily mended. This girl was one of the most serviceable ladies, a very powerful usher in the church. Oh, all of a sudden, we were not seeing this lady. We are not seeing her in church. We sent into months, and we decided to follow up. Apparently, it is because this gentleman had uh, said that he was not going to marry her anymore. She promised to come to church. In fact, when we went to the house, we were told that she nearly died. She nearly died because she started growing lean and lean and lean and lean and lean and lean again. <laughs> Oh, you didn't see her. So that's why I see her. If I saw her, what's your problem? Amen and amen. Praise God forevermore. Or somebody has gone lean like that before. Eh, praise God. Don't let any man be able to break your heart too. Say my heart is strong. Say my heart is strong. Everybody has any cry. They don't believe. Amen. Okay, then receive strength into your heart in Jesus' name. Hey, so... Now, why did this gentleman decide to break up with her? He, in fact, you see, even though it happened that way, uh, um, it was good. He realized that he, he, he entered into the relationship just about a month after he had had a, he himself, his heart was broken. And so, he had entered into the relationship just to fill in that gap. And later he realized that, ah, I don't have real feelings for her. And I don't see a future with her. And any time I see her, I'm getting irritated and offended. Even though she's a good person. Like he accepted that she's a very good person, but then that connection had not come. He did not see a future with her. And so he was trying to go through the, um, the, 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 the marriage counseling just because he felt bad that if after going out with her for some time, he, uh, he's going to drop her and then but then, I, so I understood him from that perspective. I understood him from that perspective. And eventually, the relationship had to be called off. The relationship had to be called off. Are we together? Are, are we together? So he entered into a relationship as a rebound of what he had, uh, had been through. The, the, the relationship that had broken up. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. I will not talk about how later I went to impregnate another lady, but... <laughs> <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. But he married that lady. And in fact, you could see that this one, it was real. You see that this one was real. Like this one was what he was actually looking for in the first place. So we need to investigate. Make sure that the I love you that the person is saying, you understand the root of the love. I love you. Are we together? Yes. Because what is in the mind of a man is not always written on the face. Are we together? Yeah. So, there was another lady, a similar thing. So the relationship could not stand. So the, so the, the gentleman now comes, I, I, I want, I'm, I'm getting married to this lady in this, uh, uh, this lady very soon. The lady could not, they could not understand it. 
was started fighting here and then fighting here and there, did a lot of things. The thing became a very large issue. Uh, and so that eventually they couldn't come back together because he was getting married to another lady. Boom. A couple of, uh, we didn't, I think when they got married, the gentleman got married. Two weeks later, the lady also got married. The lady also got married. Oh, yes. Do me, I do you, I do you. <laughs> amen and amen. But you see, I think the lady's marriage was just to prove a point to the guy. So it is, if you are not careful, it is almost very likely that marriage will be problems. Because she, she didn't get married to her actual choice. And she wanted to let him know that she's not useless. In fact, if the way the marriage is, it was very sweet. Hey, I saw the pictures on, on social media. Ah, this person get married. I was talking to this person about a month ago and she was complaining about this guy who was, 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 was living there. I'm telling you, is it? I, I was in. I was. I know the thing firsthand because I spent almost two hours on phone for about three years. This person never called me before, and then calls me one day and talks to me for two hours, complaining. Are you understanding me? So marriage, marriage, marrying by rebound. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. When I get close to some schools, uh, there it begins to affect me. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, marrying by rebound, especially due to health or broken heart. Listen, can I tell you something? Marriage is not a cure for depression. Marriage is not what? A cure for depression. If you are not careful, guys, maybe cause... <laughs> you may even cause your depression. Praise God. Number five, quickly. Fear of being left out. Oh, all my friends are getting married. All my neighbors are getting married. The God must be in the neighborhood. If he doesn't neighbor himself in my house, I will neighbor him myself. So you fear that you are being left out. It's a bad reason for you to get married. Fear of independence. I know there are some people, hey, my goodness, they can never be alone. They don't want, so you realize that ah, one year, the person has, dated, uh, no, three years, the person has dated three different people. One year, the, the, uh, they dated for about nine months, ten months, and then the relationship didn't work. She, she could not stay alone. So the next person comes, I love you, are you sure? You are, don't worry, you are sure. Then it begins another relationship. Fear of independence. There are people who are like that. They don't want to be alone. They find it very difficult to be alone. That is not a very good reason for uh, marriage. Number seven, what? Number seven, right? Fear of hurting the other person. So you are in a relationship and you realize that no, this relationship is not going anywhere. And because you are afraid of telling the person that, and the person getting hurt, you force and you marry the person. It's going to bring problems in marriage. Are we together? Number what? Number eight, to be a therapist or a counselor to the other person. There are some people, they think that if I marry her or I marry him, I'll, 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 help, him, but I'll help him by showing him the way to go. At the end of the day, you realize that you think uh, the person is lucky to have married you. That is not a good foundation for marriage. Number nine, because of sex. Having sex alone is not a good reason for marriage. Uh, that is why some are married and still they are uh, having uh, extramarital affairs. So it's not just about sex. It's not just about sex. Number ten, because of pregnancy. Because of pregnancy. Now, if two people are working together and for one reason or the other, pregnancy comes in, it is no compulsory that they marry because of that. It is no compulsory that they marry because of that. Because, you see, uh, the presence of a child doesn't mean the marriage you stand. Doesn't mean a marriage you stand. The two may be totally incompatible. Marriage is not between two people and their children. Marriage is between the two people. Are we together? Now, I'm not saying by that, go and impregnate people and say that, ah, because they say that it is not compulsory. No. In fact, in some cases, it may be good that you marry the person. If you think that you can live with the person, the person meets certain basic criteria, the person has a good character, the person has a vision, it is a good foundation for marriage. Are you understanding me? But if there are real red flags, like the way we are dressed in red today. <laughs> amen and amen. Uh, today, the red is not for danger. The red is for love. What do you think? 
Hallelujah. If there are real red flags, please, you need a lot of counsel. You need a lot of counsel. In fact, when a pregnancy comes in, it complicates the entire issue. It complicates the entire issue because um, it is not an easy thing to be to believe in and then you are married and then you have children somewhere else. It can even affect your marriage. So that is why the Bible encourages us to be able to or keep to ourselves because there are complications that can come up. There are complications that can come up. If the mother of the children uh, has certain problems, before you realize it begins to affect you. It begins to affect you. As a vindictive mentality wants to paint a bad picture to the children, it, it can become a whole world zone altogether. Are we together? Are we together? So it is important we understand these things. But then pregnancy alone is not a reason, it's not a healthy reason for marriage. It's not a healthy reason for marriage. If so those are ten unhealthy reasons for which which which, which should not be reasons for you to get married. But they are unhealthy reasons. People marry do we, do we appreciate that people marry because of these things? Or these are or they are not real. They are very real. Okay, they are very real. Today I'm giving you a real message. Amen and amen. What do you think? Now, why what are some reasons of for marriage? And I'll end there today. I'll end there today. There's so much I wanted to talk about. Uh, the subject of marriage is very, very, very broad. God willing, on Tuesday we'll continue. Praise God. Eight good reasons or eight healthy reasons for marriage. Number one, it is the will of God. It is the will of God. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. He said that it is not good that the man should be alone. Hebrews 13 verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all. So when you should ask yourself, is it the will of God for me to get married? And the one that I am marrying is the person whom God, is it the person whom God has ordained for me? Or is the person fitting within the, 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 the biblical characteristics that I can get connected to that person? So, it has to be the will of God. No matter whom you get involved with, you need to talk to God about it. Praise God forevermore. It is not because maybe you are 24 years, all of a sudden, at 24, I have to start thinking about marriage. No. Maybe God has ordained your marriage to be at 28. You don't know. So, it has to be within the will of God. But then when you start looking at natural things to drive you into marriage, you end up entering... There are many people, I'm telling you, men and women alike, who are up to today saying that, I wish I had waited a little longer to get married. Oh, yes. They say, I, I wish I had waited at least two more years, or three more years, or five more years. But I rushed because I was looking at my age. There are a lot of us, even before we hit 20 years, we have already determined the age we wanted to get, we want to get married. In fact, I wanted to get married at 22 years of age. Oh, yes. Uh, Master, is it your you? <laughs> is your marriage missing? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Many years down the line, I saw that challenge. Brother, it was a child speaking over there. Are you understanding me? So, many people enter into marriage as children, and that become one of the reasons why the marriage doesn't work. Why the marriage doesn't work. I, I, I wish I, I wanted to. If God permits, we are going to go into all this up to divorce level. And what is divorce? Is it acceptable or not? Praise God forevermore. But then uh, we'll see how, where God takes us to. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, it has to be the will of God. It has to be the will of God. Don't just get married for frivolous reasons. Number two, to express God's love to another person. You see, marriage intrinsically must be based on selflessness. You want to show somebody the nature and the character of God. So, in fact, the Bible tells us that the man should go with the woman according to knowledge. Why? Because they are both, uh, uh, they are heirs together of the grace of God. So, in a marriage, you should treat marriage like a discipleship process. You are, you are helping somebody make it to heaven. So, that your partner is not just your partner because he's your husband or she's your wife. This is somebody that you are supposed to be helping to get to heaven. Many people enter into marriage and they practice Christianity outside their home. You see them doing so winning, but the soul that is in their house, they are not winning. That person. They are not winning that person to the Lord. 
They are not letting that person, you know. And so, do you know that some people even stop coming to church because a certain iron, a fire branded, uh, beloved or husband or wife is mistreating them at home? They are like, How can you come and stand on the altar and say that you love God and treat me this way at home? And they are like, No, there's something wrong with this, your God. There's something wrong with this, your church. Are we together? So, you must desire to express the love of God to somebody else. In Romans chapter 5 verse number 8, God showed us His love that whilst we were yesterday Christ died for us. Glory to Jesus. Number 3, to express personal love to another person. Apart from the love of God. You see, uh, being, uh, sometimes a person may feel lonely. Do you understand me? I remember as I was growing up uh, in my adolescent a- ages, one of the things that started causing me depression was that I was like, ah, as for me, from morning to evening, there's nobody that I can even call in the night and tell the person that, oh, I'm going to sleep, oh, so pray for me. Uh, so, me and my pillow were suffering a lot. Are we together? Because there's a natural thing in every human being that sort of stretches out wanting another person in his or her life. Are we together? Even those who say that they are uh, uh, antisocial, it is not 100%. Nobody is 100% antisocial. So, for you to be able to express personal love, have a personal person, is a, 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 a foundation for marriage. Okay, it's a foundation or uh, something that can drive us towards marriage. And then now we are going to more serious things. Number four, for coitus purposes. Yes, coitus, coitus, coitotical purposes. Now, what is coitus? <laughs> oh, yes, it is a word. My God, my God. It means to have sex. Oh, yes. Amen and amen. Yes, when we finish, today there is no anointing, or yeah, then we can continue. <laughs> amen and amen. For sexual purposes. Okay, sex is something that has been created by God to be enjoyed. It's a blessing that God gave to the human body. But God defined that there should be a context for it. Are we together? Now, having a desire in your body is actually a normal thing. It's a natural thing. In fact, not having the desire sometimes can mean that there's a problem somewhere. It could be an emotional problem. It could be a mental problem. It could be a physical problem. But it is a problem nevertheless. Are we together? It's a problem nevertheless. Maybe some people, because of a certain abuse that they have experienced, because of that, there's a, a, a blockade in their mind. When they, so they feel as though, but you see, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when those people are released, they, are beca- they become like tigers. And uh, <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. But then, God has ordained that marriage will be a context by which we can express that passion that is in our bodies. Glory to Jesus Christ. You said in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, you find it over there. So, for us to be able to express that sexual desire in a godly way, God created marriage for that purpose. So, for coitus, amen and amen, for coitus, for sexual relations, glory to Jesus Christ. Number five, to start a family. In other words, for children. But I used coitus because I wanted my... The rest will be C, 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 C. <clears throat> Amen. So for children, for children, the Bible tells us that uh, a family context is where God has ordained children to be. The Bible calls them, um, uh, what was it in? Something offspring. Godly offspring. The book of Ecclesiastes. For godly offspring. Glory to Jesus. So if you want to be a father or you want to be a mother, don't. You see, there's a bad concept that is being developed by the devil in our days. And that is where people want to be baby daddies and baby mummies without marrying. So a woman says, that I'm 31 something years old. And according to biology, they say that the eggs are going to get finished in my womb. So let me just remove one and then I'll have a, so that I'll have a child. Even if I don't marry, them, at least I have my child. It's a very ungodly principle a very ungodly principle are we together 
I said, are we together? Now, there are circumstances that happen in life where maybe for one reason or the other, somebody may get, uh, may, 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 may give birth to children outside marriage. No, we are not talking about those things. I'm talking about intentionally going to get pregnant. In fact, the ungodly reasons why for marriage, there are sometimes people get pregnant for entrapment. When he said, ah, it looks like the man who married me, let me trap him so that he marries me. Oh, he's delaying, he's delaying, he's delaying. Ah, finally they come, honey, 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 honey. And she knows she's in a fertile period. And he said, oh, I don't know what happened, oh. I don't know what happened, oh. Oh, oh, Amen and amen. I said, oh, oh, hallelujah. Oh, I said, hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. So, but then the Bible is telling us that, we have created marriage. <laughs> Praise God. The way some people are looking at me. <laughs> Amen. Oh, please. These are things that happen in life. Oh. Sometimes even a very godly woman can get desperate. In fact, sometimes, and the other side is also true. Sometimes the men trap the woman. Are you getting me? So he forces, uh, he has studied there. People, when it comes to romantic love, eh, sometimes people can go very gaga. Are you understanding me? It can be very strong to the point that, Charlie, let me put my Bible aside and let me hear. Because the thing is moving me. It's a driving force. Okay, I'm not here to come and bring judgment. I'm teaching you in the Bible. Are you understanding me? Is it the Bible comes to help to shape us and to align us. Are we together? As are we together? We'll be closing very soon. The way you are... Uh, please. Last week I'll be doing fundraising for air conditioning. The way you are, you are, you are trying to frustrate my preaching today. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I understand. I can feel it right here as well. But God is going to give us seven or eight aces. Oh, receive it now. Look at the way Sunday is. Amen. The money. Yeah, finish cooking. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. By the time we finish, we will chop into meat and kebab. God, the heat is amazing. Praise God. But let me finish these uh, three points and then we are done. To start a family, right? Psalm 127, verse 3 to 5. Number six, for companionship. For companionship. Okay. For companionship is like the point number uh, three. So, to be able to have somebody that you can relate with, somebody that you can talk with. Is it such a, a beautiful thing to have somebody that you can share your ideas with? Somebody, that you, if you wake up in the middle of the night to have an idea, the first person you can communicate with, talk to, companionship, so that you not be alone. You are walking somewhere and then you are walking with a person, you are holding hands. It has, a, it has another level of feeling. It's, it's something else. What do you think? Oh, yes. Amen and amen. So God is actually something that God created. Genesis chapter two, the verse number eighteen. Okay, so for companionship, number seven for synergy, for synergy to increase our results. I've already spoken about that earlier. And then the last one for character development. This is the part that sometimes people we don't talk about for character development. Hey, marriage can roast you. Oh yes. Marriage can cook you. Is it? But what is it doing? It is teaching you patience. It is teaching you how to love another person. It is teaching you how to uh, be long-suffering. Are we together? So there are things uh, in the context of marriage. It's only in the context of marriage that you, you get to learn. Sometimes you realize you never know you have anger issues until you get into a relationship. Are you getting me? But something happens and then say, Hey, it wasn't me. Did I talk this way? Wow. It means that there's something inside you that you also need to work on. So for character development, I wish I had more time to talk about these things. But character development. Character development. The person comes sometimes not a smooth person, rough edges. And then now you have to now take your time and intentionally help the person to develop into the character of God, into the person that God wants the person to be. And so you have to be patient, meticulous, intentional, loving, caring. You have to be have uh, tolerance. Have uh, all of those things are not natural things that come to you. So what is happening? Your character is being shaped by marriage. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. So it is not every challenge in a relationship that is a reason for the relationship to be broken. Sometimes it is part of it to develop you 
into a particular character that God is looking for. Glory to Jesus Christ. Give a clap offering to the Lord. Hallelujah. So, character development. Okay. Character development. God willing, on Tuesday, we'll talk about rules that form a firm foundation for marriage. Rules that form a firm foundation for marriage. Amen and amen. And I will go into certain areas and, uh, to understand uh, when enough is enough. Praise God. Hallelujah. But not every enough is actually enough. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you. I said the Lord bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want us to rise up to our feet. And we want to pray. We want to close within the next uh, uh, five minutes. But I want us to pray. Is it the institution of marriage uh, forms the core of the family system? Shall we be on our feet, please? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Hallelujah. And the devil is doing everything possible to break it down and to pervert it. I want us to pray for ourselves and we are praying for marriages in Overcomers Nation Church. And we are declaring that none of the works of the enemy will prevail. Amen. I said the plans of the enemy will not stand. Amen. They will not come to pass. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Of Lift up your voice and begin to talk to the Lord. Lift up your voice and begin to talk to the Lord. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website www.emenezaokoipa.com or call 0546 Three six three nine five seven. God bless you.